You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. This is a new saver. You're listening to your number one pod, pod, pod. From around the globe. From around the globe. The Anthony and Maddie, Anthony and Maddie Podcast. Yeah, I smoke weed every day. You are listening to the Maddie and Anthony podcast live at the Hollywood Laugh Factory. And when I say live, I mean pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. Today, we are lucky enough to have the talented actress, Jay Davis. But first, we're going to put the music down a little bit and talk about what's happening in our lives. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Kathy, happy birthday to you. This is so sweet, thank you guys. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Oh wow, okay. She got a card and she was excited. There's a gift certificate to Amazon on there. She's emotional. She's crying. She's wearing a Bob's Big Boy t-shirt. I've never seen her so emotional. Oh, thank you guys so much. This is yeah, very, yeah. very sweet. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Happy uh, birthday. I, and honesty is the best policy. You should thank Maddie uh, a lot because <laughs> I just signed that. Uh, that. The rest was him, really. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Thank you, Maddie. You're Thank welcome. You. You're yeah. welcome. But yeah. the newsman's here, Greg Buckman, uh, and he wanted to say something. He he wanted to say something about your birthday and what birthdays mean to him. Wow, happy birthday. Birthdays mean a lot to me. Well, I love your Bob's Big Boy shirt. Did you eat there today? That was pretty much a poem written by Greg. Thank you so much for, for your inspirational words. Maddie... Uh, I didn't tell you uh, something, but I brought my cousin Erling. Uh, he's out in the green room. I didn't want him to come oh, in oh. because he uh, he caused oh too okay. much havoc. But he's right. here. He's visiting in L.A. And so if you see a kind of a wild-looking character around, you, yeah, he's around. I'm over, I'm over here. Should I come in, y'all? Uh, no, that's all right, Erling. Can, you don't have I to come, come in. in. I'll come in. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Uh, hey, Erling. What's up, guys? Hey, yeah, Erling. I'll just be here real quiet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if we have enough cake for him. Is that? Yeah, and we're kind of celebrating a birthday party, and, and you don't really know her or anything, Erling. Yeah, and I can it, eat like two of those cakes too. So, Erling, but uh, Erling's visiting. Uh, you know, he's uh, my cousin on my mom's side, and and thank you so much, Erling, for coming in here. Yeah, I guess. it's the pleasure is all mine, of course, because. I didn't want to be sitting in the car all by myself because last time I did that, someone thought that I was a child who was left in the car by himself and was going to suffocate, but I was just taking a nap. And then the police came, and then I had to explain that to them. Wait, wait. I've never seen a child with a beard before. Well, because... You have a full beard and long hair. You look like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. but they didn't. They couldn't tell that because there was a shadow from one of, the, one of them things in the front of the car that you fold down. Oh, okay. To keep that makes the sun sense. out of your eyes. And then it... It, they thought it was like a shadow that was on my face. Oh. Did they break the window? No, they just like tapped on the, the window and it scared me. Yeah. And they woke me up. Do you have PSD? Uh, 
Yeah. I mean PTSD. What's PSD? Yeah, what's that? I meant to say PTSD, but I said PSD. Oh, yeah. Well, I used to be a biter when I was a kid, and I got kicked out of several preschools. And because it was always because people would come up to me and be like talking stuff at me, and then I, what I would do is I would bite them. Well, like, where? In the hand, in the shoulder. Erling. In uh, the elbow. Erling? You're not it's supposed the truth. to be traumatic stuff that happens to you, not traumatic stuff you do to other people. Yeah, but he does uh, that still. When he gets angry at this age, he will bite. And he it's does always to the hand. I don't understand, Erling. Yeah, because if you bite someone in the hand, then they're incapacitated in, in their ability to come at you in a violent or aggressive write, way, right? Or be able to write anything. You can't write exactly right. Yep can't write any death threats at any point after you do that well erling it might since we're in there can you tell us about the job interview where at the end you bit the person's hand that was interviewing you well that's bullshit because that was at wing street and i have significant wing expertise because i used to work at the wing stop that was across the street from where the new wing street went in and they said Technically, any experience at our competitors doesn't count. And then when the guy was looking away, I leaned over and I bit him in the hand. Oh. It was on the table, and he wasn't even looking, so he didn't know that necessarily it was me. Well, it's pretty safe to say that uh, my cousin here is unemployed. And, uh, and boy, rabid. Yeah, the family's been worried about you for some time, and... and uh, Technically, I'm not unemployed because I don't qualify for any of the financial benefits that the government provides. Are you still hanging out outside that Amico? The Amco? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I like. I just like the sound of mufflers when they, when they, when they uh, first start roaring on, on oh, the engines. You sorry, see? I don't want to interrupt you, Erling. But what's yeah. going on with you, Anthony? Um, you know, the second Erling has arrived, I've. But, but, uh, you know, I've been preparing, you know, hiding jewelry, <laughs> uh, putting like uh, loose change in, in uh, safe places because Erling and, and it's OK to admit it in front of him uh, has a, a sticky finger. And uh, so he it's something with the hands. He bites. He's got sticky fingers. So, uh, you know, I've been preparing for Erling. You know, I put some plastic kind of uh uh, bedding so that if he uh, urinates or something, I, we can just kind of throw it out. It's been a whole ordeal. And then we had an uncle who had a expensive stamp collection, and then I ate one of the stamps. Yeah. And oh my god. Yeah. So no one, no one in the family has ever trusted me ever yeah. since. And then. what he's not telling you is uh, the stamp was uh, in a locked vault, so he found the code, and then. He opened, he had to unscrew like this little plastic uh, safe casing, and then he ate it. You know, so oh it's always God. been a thing. So that's why when Erling. But I always like the taste of glue, like Elmer's glue and stuff, and yeah. like on envelopes and stuff. I always like that taste, so that's why I wanted to eat one of them. Well, I, went, I went to the zoo yesterday and, get, and got a VIP tour of Don't the bring zoo. Erling, because one of those animals will be on his shoulder, and he'll be sneaking out, and you'll all be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, actually, I got to feed monkeys, and I wow. fed a giraffe. It was really, really cool. Did and you hold a monkey? I did not hold a monkey, no, but I pet a sloth. Oh, my god! Which was really cool, and uh, yeah, it was really fun. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was cool. 
What did you feed the monkey? Uh, worms and fruit. Worms and fruit. Yeah, I guess they, they really like those worms. So how did you feed it? Did it come to your hand? Um, no, it didn't. I, it was in like a little bowl. And actually, I was scared to feed it. And I actually dropped the bowl. And yeah. I think the monkey wasn't didn't get upset. But I felt like I really... Well, last time I tried to feed Erling with a bowl, uh, he bit my hand. So that he's uh, monkey's doing better than him. And also, uh, I don't know if you guys, sorry, Erling, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, also my wife was telling me the story about that in in Buddhist culture they have these spirits that hang around, and one of them is um, called a hungry ghost. Interesting. I was like, what is that? And apparently. When you pee and poo, uh, these hungry ghosts will feed off your poo and pee when you go to the bathroom. What? Oh. Yeah. I didn't. I that didn't. explains all them ghost poops I've been having. <laughs> what is that? What is that, Early? Well, it's when you take a dump and then you swear it was like a big one. And then you look around in the toilet and then you don't see any poop at all. That is. Has that happened to you? Yeah. And I, 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 this is, I'm actually uh, applauding uh, my cousin here because he usually, instead of calling it a big dump, we'll call it a big grunt. And he's been calling poop big grunt for years. And uh, this is a first that he actually uh, called it a dump, which is, well, you know, uh, Erling. Yeah. Well, it means the same thing. So. What happened to a, a big grunt? Well, there's this dude that lives in my neighborhood and he's a rapper and he's going by the name big grunt (laughs) (laughs) and so i called a big grunt like a big shit Mm -hmm. and then what happened was he found out about it and then he came and he gave me a big ass titty twister oh that's and so i'm like okay i guess i can't say that okay that's a really good story but we should probably keep because we're running out of time. Oh, so, we Greg, did, what's going on with the you? The newsman's yeah, over like here. I He's said, got a story. You got a story? Oh, yeah, well, uh, what did I do the other day? I, I watched the classic movie Car Wash. Oh, with uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah. Well, How was it? Oh, it was amazing. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. I grew up in Inglewood. It must have played at the Inglewood Drive-In with Count Blackala for 10 years. I'm surprised uh, you got to watch a movie with all that partying going on at your house. Did, did they give you a moment to take a... A breather so you could watch a movie? Well, well, yesterday they actually did. Where were know. they yesterday? Um, they were out by the pool. Oh, good. Then you could watch a movie and relax. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, I remember seeing it at the drive-in. For, for those of, the, of you that don't know, uh, Greg has been having quite a, uh, uh, what would you say, Maddie? bad time? Uh, yeah, I'd call it a really terrible insomniac-ick that's a word uh party he hasn't been able to sleep because his wife has 24-hour parties at his house with his neighbors <laughs> with and, his and, neighbors and the neighbors all sleep on his floor they won't leave the house uh greg what's going on with that well i tripped pretty bad over one yesterday yeah yeah sure. what are you all right yes, you wake yes, them up? I'm, I'm okay no they didn't wake up the strange thing is they snore really, really loud, but oh, they don't God. wake up. You can shake them and shake them. You can move their head, put a pillow under their head on the hardwood floor, but they don't wake up. I hope that what stops. What does your landlord think of this? That you know, I think only like two people are supposed to live in an apartment, and I, I feel like yeah. maybe you've you know eight or nine sleeping every night, 
that might become a problem. Well, well, I I don't know because uh, (laughs) the girl below us has a lot of kids. How many kids does she have? She's 13? She's yeah. 13 and she has kids. She already has like four or five kids. What? No. Yes. yes. Greg, wow. what is happening? I'm Greg, telling the you truth. You're lying. No, no, no. There's a 13-year-old. Does she live alone? No, she lives with her mom and her brother. And, and her then, four uh, children? Kathy, yes. what do you think of this? She Are they like triplets or twins or something? No, she just... What? I, I, and they have three boxers. Ugh. Like underwear or dogs? Dogs, dogs. And the dog got pregnant too. Oh my, how many puppies? Well, like eight. Eight puppies, four kids. How old is the oldest kid? Um, Probably two. Wait. Yeah, she. she it was one after the other. It's just like a like Greg, just they're just. I'm not making any of this, this stuff. I'll bring you true. over and you can. The meet math them. doesn't add and, up and, really. I and, don't and, think. And the box. Well, you can get pregnant young. And the boxer dog doesn't know who got her pregnant. She should get a the, paternity. The dad took off. She should do a paternity test and prove that they ain't her own kids. And then she could get rid of some of them. Yeah. Well, Greg, can I say something? So if she has four kids, they're not triplets or anything. Uh, she's 14. 13. Uh, 13. So she's 13. So she would have started having babies at 11. That would have been a two-year-old at 14. 11 to 12. No, 12 to 13, 13 to 14. That's two years old. How does she have four? I have. It's back to back. She's always pregnant. Woohoo! All right, ladies and gentlemen. We got a very funny man here in the studio. He's a stand-up comedian and actor. He's been in many TV and film. And he's a regular here at the Laugh Factory. Please put your hands together for Jay Davis. We're doing a country theme today. Hey, Jay. That's great because I was born in Kentucky. No, but well, oh. I, just outside of Kentucky is where I was born. Really, I should have a mustache and a mullet and a NASCAR shirt. No one knows this. Um, where in Kentucky? Do you... Well, actually, just uh, on the other side of the Kentucky, like Cincinnati area, Middletown, Ohio is where I was born. And then as a baby, my parents luckily moved to South Florida. So uh, I wasn't even one years old, and my parents moved to Fort Lauderdale. So I grew up on a beach. So uh, I yeah. really, truly wow. am a country guy. I think I'm a bluegrass hillbilly. <laughs> Whoa. That's you, really my roots. Go right back to Kentucky. Do you still have ties to uh, Kentucky at all? Yeah, or? a lot of uh, old, you know cousins and you know dead great great grandparents and <laughs> you know a lot of lot of lot of Kentucky roots here. Did my you, family's from Kentucky. Like then they moved to Ohio, and that's where I was born. So yeah, I'm a wow. I'm a bluegrass hillbilly. Yeah. But Did, the, with a surfer, I started surfing when I was like nine. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, so, uh, were you actually? Did you? Uh, I got uh, Delray Beach. Is that is that in Fort Lauderdale? Is that where well, you're actually from, or is that? Well, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale until I was ten years old, yeah. and then my my dad bought a house in Delray Beach, Florida, which is really wonderful. It's like a really good little surfing beach in the winter time only. But that's where I learned to surf in Delray Beach. I just hung out the beach, skateboarding, surfing, playing volleyball, working at like a four-star hotel on the beach. It was bad. Dude, I got funny hotel stories. Let's hear one. My first job, okay, I was only 14, and my friend was 15 and had a job as a busboy at the Highland Beach Holiday Inn, which is uh, a seven-mile town where all old people go to die. (laughs) But, like, the only hotel in that seven-mile town called Highland Beach is this Holiday Inn, and 
and I wanted to work there because my friend worked there. And he goes, I'll introduce you to the manager. And so I had to, you know, illegally ride a moped about five miles to get there because you're not supposed to drive it without a driver's license. <laughs> and I look like I'm 12, okay? <laughs> and I meet this uh, food and beverage manager. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you want a butcher boy job? And he goes, how old are you? And I'm like, I just knew not to say 14. So I go, I'm 15. And he goes, okay, you're 15. Good. You look young. I thought you were younger than that. I'm glad you're 15. You're hired. <laughs> and I started working at 14 as a busboy and then I met the owners of the hotel and they loved me because I looked like a cute little 12 year old you know busting around I wasn't even supposed to be there oh. that general manager got fired for drinking on the job so I think he was drunk he smelled like liquor when he hired me you know? <laughs> luckily he didn't molest me but uh, yeah I mean yeah, thank so, god thank god so, so there was another hotel they were re- rebuilding on uh on Delray Beach, which was closer to my house, so I could kind of get there legally without, you know, I'm waiting for the cops to pull me over on this moped. And so the owner said, yeah, when we open, you got a job there, bussing tables. I'm like, cool. And then I go, I have a lot of friends that I surf with right in Delray. Maybe I can get them jobs. Yeah, bring them in. So I got all my surfer buddies jobs at this oh, wow. five-star restaurant on the roof of the you know of this Holiday Inn, which was not a typical Holiday Inn. It was like Spanish style. It didn't have the Holiday Inn sign. It was like a really exclusive like four star holiday and right on the ocean it was badass and then they had this uh hotel uh restaurant with like table side service like we had to wear tuxedos with cummerbunds as a busboy i'm like 15 now working here i got all my surfer friends jobs there's all these surfer kids that were smoking weed and (laughs) and then there was a hot bread girl who was like 15 and you know, we'd, we'd hang out in the bread room with the bread girl. and The hot bread girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved the bread girl. She was so hot. But, um, yeah, we'd work there. And then when there was waves, because we'd only got waves a little a uh, few times, I was still pretty good and would show up to work. And no one else would show up. And the manager of the restaurant would be like, I have no busboys. And, and I go, they're all out there. She has little dots in the water surfing. <laughs> there's your whole staff. <laughs> He's like, yeah, anytime there's waves, I have no busboys. But you were you were still at work at that time. You went in. Yeah, I would go. And then it was funny because my friends were so funny. Like, they were also the valet parkers because we all grew up. We were all the surfers know each other because we all we were like this little group of local surfers. So some were valet parkers. Some were bus boys. You know, we were just kids. And and so we would steal lobsters <laughs> out of the out of the fridge. And then my friend would make like um like out of the napkins, he would bring like kite string in and he would make like parachutes out of those cloth napkins, you know, the fancy, and he would like put a lobster on the end of it <laughs> and then he would figure it out a way to where he could stuff the, the lobster in this um, homemade parachute and he would throw it like we're on the sixth floor and we'd call the valet friends like, hey, we're sending lobsters down and he would like throw it up as high as he can in the air oh and it would be God. going like, you know, 50 feet up, like a good throw. And oh then all of a sudden, God. it'd start falling, and the parachute would go, <laughs> and then this lobster was still alive, and it was just going, you know, the, the, the claws were going back oh and forth. God. And it would just oh float God. down perfectly, and it was so funny. It is so funny. And it got to the point where one night, he took a tablecloth, and he put kites here, and he goes, watch this, and he, he had like 10 lobsters. <laughs> and he, he threw the thing up, and it worked. And like, we're just... All the did lobsters. you still eat the lobster? No, I don't know what they did with the lobsters. <laughs> we just thought it was hilarious because these things funny. were still alive and they would float down. What? And it, dude, I, sounds I, like the funniest thing. It I've was ever. great. Now I just got my permit to drive cars. Right, I don't even know how to drive a car. And the the wait head, wait wait right, right now, now you do right you, now I no okay, now okay, I okay, back yes, then yes, I'm okay, fifteen. Cool. Just for the record, Jay Davis yeah. knows how can to drive. drive. Just, yes. just for the record, he can drive anywhere. 
Yeah, so so the the head valley was like this stoner surfer. Like all the surfers know each other, like the older guy surfers and yeah. you know, these these guys just surfed and would work nights, you know. So he knew me from the surfing crew and then he was like this, you know, twenty eight year old guy who seemed like fifty when you're fifteen, like a twenty eight year old guy. This guy's old. Yeah. And he's like, Hey man, you want we need valets. We're we're low on valets. Would you want to pick up some valet shifts? I'm like, Well, dude, I just got my permit. I'm I don't have a real driver's license. He's like, No problem, dude. You got a permit, you can valet still. You can still valet. You're just driving <laughs> down the garage. He goes, You know how to drive stick? I go, No. He goes, I'll teach you right now. And he pulls up like some brand new Porsche. Oh my god. And he goes, Get in. I'm like, A Porsche? He's yeah, man. I'm like, he's like, just put the clutch in. I'm going, I'm tearing the clutch out of this Porsche. Brand new 911, some customer's Porsche. And he's just he's laughing. And the whole oh time he's like, God. just let it out slow. And I'm like stalling out <laughs> in a brand new Porsche. He's like, oh my God. And then finally teaches me how to use on on someone else's car. I love that this so much. This is a true story. And then one day he co- I come in and there's an old lady that has this like 1965 pr- brand it looks like a brand new 1965 cadillac with white wall tires on it she's probably like 88 years old you know she rolls in and leaves her purse in the front and then uh and i'm about to drive it away and and the 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 28 year old head of valet goes hey 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 hey, stop what are you doing man i go what do you mean what am i doing parking the old lady's car he goes stop stop from now on man when you see an old lady leaves the purse in the car let me park the car, okay? Because oh I want to go God. through the purse. Oh. Don't ever, like, do that again. I'm getting in trouble for doing the right thing. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he We're going to write and he you goes, up, In man. fact, get in. Let me teach you something. He takes her car down the side, and he goes like Starsky and Hutch. He starts going in back. He goes, I'm going to teach you how I valet. He goes through the purse, and then he, he starts going in reverse at, like, 35 miles an hour in the 65 Cadillac and just does a stars getting touch. <laughs> he takes it into a dirt parking lot near the hotel and starts doing donuts and like this big cloud of dust is going up and it's like, <laughs> oh my right? god! And then <laughs> we go back around and the old lady comes out and like the white walls are like black, they're brown from all the donuts <laughs> and she doesn't notice it and I felt so bad and like, I'm just sitting there but it was hilarious and he's like, come on over here and he's like distracting the poor lady. I mean, it's terrible. It was terrible. Uh, yeah, I will tell you, uh, meeting Jay Davis is the best because I'd say this man uh, to my left, which you guys don't need to know right or left, I suppose, because there's no video. Uh, Jay has a million, I would say a million books that he could write. I mean, oh, this definitely. Whole hotel story, the the lobsters and scripts. Yeah, I mean scripts, movies. This guy can yeah. do it all. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I've never met anybody with so many interesting stories that makes me want to just like wish I was hanging out with you at these. I wish I was a surfer kid, which I probably wouldn't have been because I'm clumsy. But this is what we used to do for fun at night. Like now, kids have phones; they can go on and YouTube and all that. When I was young. We just got in trouble, you know? <laughs> like, there was no phones. Like, you know, you had a house right. phone, that your parents' phone. You didn't even have your own phone. No computers, you know? Yeah. So, like, for fun, we were idiots. I mean, we would go to the local 24-hour dry cleaner, drink beer, and then oh. we would have a contest who could stay in the dryer the longest. <laughs> what? Did you ever do that as a kid? Uh, no. Never yeah, heard no. Such a now, never I wasn't a big weed a smoker. Thing. I never liked it because I get paranoid on it, and I'd end up on a curb somewhere, yeah. scared the aliens were coming to get me. You know? 
And uh, so I never smoked weed, but my friends were all a bunch of stoner surfer dudes. Like, oh, what's up, dude? Got some <laughs> new weed, man. We stole beer at the 7-Eleven. Let's go spinning dryers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. And, you know, I'd get in the dryer, and they'd always scare me because I'm always the paranoid one, so they would get off on making me scared. And they'd act like you could not open it from the inside, and it gets hot in there. You know, you're just spinning around, and it's funny because you watch your friend's head go around and around like like laundry. Oh, my God. And then I'd, like, get scared, and then they'd laugh because I'm, like, scared, like, open it up, open it. You can't hear them. You just see me, like, hitting my fist on there. Open it. And they'd they'd look at me like, not opening it. And, you know, you could die. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, please open it. And then finally somebody would open it and they'd be like ah you should have seen your face uh, uh, dude oh that was hilarious God. you thought we were gonna leave you in there man i'm like yeah i did man you guys are on <laughs> weed i don't want you to forget about me in the dryer you know oh. it's not cool they'd walk away and freak me out you know That's oh they thought God. it was funny how I, long did you last like 30 seconds bro how hot did it get in so this? hot <laughs> did you so, burn yourself yeah it's like you've like, spent no, listen to this the stoniest kid who gets the stone, his name was Brian. And he had like spiky hair back then, like brown spiky hair. And he was so high all the time. He's like, I'm going next and I'm going to beat all of you guys' record. Watch how long I stay. (laughs) He just smoked a big bowl, you know. And he drank like all this like Mickey's Big Mouth, you know. Oh. We're, we're we're like fifteen years old drinking Mickey's Big Mouth, like <laughs> like and, and one fifty one rum. Like we weigh like ninety pounds. <laughs> You're it's right. like yeah, let's just drink the strongest stuff out there. You know what oh I mean? Like God. couldn't you just have a Bud Light and call it call it even at fifteen? No, we got to do one fifty one and pure grain alcohol. Yeah, you know and we've never drank before. Let's go straight to the pure grain and let's go straight to the Maui Wowie. You know? Oh my God! And so uh, this kid gets in the dryer. And he starts spinning. <laughs> and you know me, I'm nervous Nelly over here. I, I'm a I don't like stealing. I don't like doing donuts in old ladies' cars. I don't even like throwing lobsters off a building. I just watch all my friends do this. And I laugh. But I guess I'm still part of the crime, you know? Yeah. And uh, basically <laughs> dude, this kid gets in the dryer and he starts going around and around. And he's got the same look on his face. Like he's he's going for gold. I mean, this guy's an Olympian gold. You know, it's just going around and around to where I start getting nervous because I'm the only one not smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. I'm and like, hey, guys, no, you're guys, let's get Brian out of there. Hey, I'm knocking from the outside. And I'm like, should we let you out? And, he, and he's just like nodding his head no. And he's got this like determined look like I'm going for a long time, oh right? God. And he's so high. I'm like, is he like on heroin? What's going on with this kid? Is he an idiot? And he's in there what for seems like two minutes. I mean, I don't know if you, he's going for the full forty. Dude, it's, when you, it's a full two minutes. He's still spinning. <laughs> and my friend Mason Pierce, I'm like, dude, we should let him out. He's like, no, man, he's going for the record. I'm like, bro, this is dangerous. <laughs> and it's like I'm scared. And I started opening up, and he starts going. You could just hear him going, no, 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 leave me in here. No, what? no, leave me in here. And I'm like, and he's just going around. He's like, I got this. <laughs> and so everybody's like, leave him in there, leave him in there. So, like he's Where going for what now, seems like an eternity, right? Oh yeah. my What's scary is this guy's God. still alive. Yes. But um, <laughs> finally he we 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 just open it. And he's he's like, yeah. why'd you do it? I was gonna go longer. <laughs> and he gets out, and you know, like a cigarette when you smoke a cigarette, and it turns red in the end. You yeah. know that red, like when you suck on it, it gets red. All the spikes in his hair were red, like oh a cigarette. Oh my god! And it was smoking, and it smelled so bad, like hair. Like you know, you ever smelled burnt hair? <laughs> his God. arm hairs were burnt off. His eyebrows were burnt off. Oh. I mean, oh I'm, th- I'm not God. kidding you. 
And he's like, dude, I broke the record. I'm like, dude, you just lost 10 years of your life. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to die 10 oh, years earlier. From I love spending the record. There's no record. It's just you friends. There's not like he's yeah, uh, Guinness. There's like book. this competitive thing all of a sudden. Bro, you oh, could have died. God. We were doing jackass stuff back then, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. Crazy. You, uh, so when did you uh, get the uh, entertainment bug? The act- Did you start out with as an actor? Or- I'll tell you what. I was yeah. 10 years old. And I used to watch A Team <laughs> because I loved, I loved Mr. T. Yeah, he was my favorite actor. I didn't yeah. know he wasn't even an actor. I just loved Mr. T. And I thought, you know what? I would, I would not miss that show. There was no recording. You couldn't even VHS record yeah. back then. You, you just had to be ready at 8 p.m. to watch. You got to be home and ready to watch. Kids were just home watching TV. You know, I'm watching this. And I started thinking, like, the one thing missing is, like, a 10-year-old foster kid that has no family that they need to babysit and hang out with. Oh, my God. That is still the thing It would have been so cool. And it's like, you know, and it's like it's like they feel bad for the kid, but they still homeschool him. And he, they, he gets to shoot watermelons at the criminals. And, you know, they would, you know, always, like, bungee watermelons at criminals. So and, he would yeah. help out. He would have helped out. You and, know, and, and I thought that should be me. I should be a part of the A team. Jay on the A team, the J team. Oh my god! And so I, I remember like taking a shower once, and some people sing in the shower. I'm writing myself into the A team in the shower. Like I'm creatively thinking. Like I never actually wrote it down, but in my head, I wrote it out. Like how it could work, and I'm thinking about this. And then I told my dad. I remember telling my dad that day. Like you know what? Um, as I'm talking to my dad, he's driving me in his car, and I noticed what looked like it was a roach clip. I didn't realize my dad was maybe smoking weed at the time. And I maybe. go, I go, what is that? And he goes, oh, that's just to hold things together. I'm like, what kind of things are you holding together with? You know, like paper, you know, you know, like, like cigarettes, you know, not weed, but you know, something like it, you know, like if it gets too short, you know, just something to kind of help you out, you know? And I'm like, all right, well, by the way, I'm glad about that. But how do I get into the A-team? Oh, you would have to be an actor. How do I become an actor? Well, you probably have to go to California and get an agent. How do I get an agent here? Uh, I don't know. You'd probably have to move to California. And so that kind of stuck in my head. And I always thought I could have been on that. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Even before that, my bad, this is a really cool story. So my sister wanted to be an actress all her life. She was in theater school. I never did all that after school activities. I would leave school early to go surf like i just wanted to be in the beach you know? yeah i never did acting and all that crap at school i just wanted to go surf and skate and stuff and and so when i was th- right before i i thought about the a-team uh, i got the bug because my sister saw an ad in the newspaper that they were casting for extras for a movie called body heat body was, heat which was a huge movie turned out to be but it was like the first time director first time writer director who turned out to become a famous director it was william hurt and and katherine turner's first big movie oh my god uh, wow another first movie was ted danson's first movie <laughs> it, and it was also a little guy by the name of mickey Rourke's first movie they what? were all in this movie what? And this is an old movie and, and awesome. my sister gets really wanted to do it and she t- my dad well i'll take the whole family make it fun and we'll all go down and meet these extra casting people at this theater in palm beach because it's shot in our hometown in florida so we go down to this casting and i'm only 10 and they told me to dress like a fisherman and my dad to dress like a fisherman <laughs> and 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 da, da, da. and so we all four go down my sister really wanted they met with all of us so my mom gets a call first she gets oh look they, they called me to be in the movie so my mom goes down and is an extra in body heat 
and she's in wow. a scene in a, in a cafe with Ted Danson. Okay. Wow. <laughs> then two days later, they call me and my dad. They never call my sister, and it was her idea, the poor thing. Oh, yeah, they, she, it was her thing. It was her thing, and they cast everybody but her. <laughs> oh, my God. So me and my dad, they want us to play fishermen on the pier, and there were, we get down there, and my dad's a pretty successful business person at this point. Yeah. He became a general contractor and was having a lot of success. So, like, he doesn't – he only did it because I wanted to do it. You know, he's like – you know, the next day I have school, and he's like, they, they say it starts at 8 o'clock. My dad doesn't realize it's a 14-hour night. He thinks, oh, 8 o'clock, it's a you know, 12-year-old kid or whatever, 10-year-old kid. He needs to be out of here for school. So we go down to the uh, the, 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 the place, and they liked my look so much, they, the director goes, hey, you know what? We got too much time with William Hurt's character on the <laughs> pier. And it's supposed to be hot, but it's freezing that day. So they had to – because it's so cold in Florida – it was like freezing sure. that they had to make them look like they're sweating. They had to put um, cooking oil on their face because it was too cold to even put water on them. So they were putting cooking oil on him like he's sweating outside because the movie's called Body Heat. Yeah. And it's the coldest time it's ever been. <laughs> and they wanted me to just go up and while he's waiting for Kathleen Turner's character on the pier or something, they go, hey, can you say this? Mister, do you have change for a dollar? I'm trying to get an ice cream. In, or something or getting a soda you have change for a dollar can you say that and I said it and they were laughing like oh that's perfect yeah so they gave me a line like I, I was going to be sag half tartly I was going to get to do a, a, a quick line with Willie, William Hurt that's in insane a, a, it, I could have said I was in Ted Danson's and, 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 and Mickey Rourke's first movie it was also my first movie you know what I mean that's right, crazy right, right, what, what could have happened right? right so then this one guy came down to play a fisherman he had a beard when he came into casting and my dad became friends with the guy at the casting the idiot shows up with a shaved face and then you know what i mean these casting directors can be yeah right. what are you doing and my dad saw this guy yell at him like why would you shave your beard what are you an idiot we right. catch you because you have a beard <laughs> why would you say he doesn't want to look good for camera you're not supposed to look good for camera we catch you because you got a beard we wanted the beard get the hell out of here get out of here you're out of here and my dad's like yo take it easy you don't need to talk to the guy like that he's yeah. saying he had a beard he, well, he looks good without the beard what's the big deal my dad doesn't get it like no specifically we wanted the beard get out of here <laughs> take your kid get out of here you know like oh no 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 God. not the, uh, no but they were still wanting me my dad's like hey it's been four hours when are you going to use my kid and then things were running late and they go just hold on we're going to get to him soon you know and then my dad's like waited i'm waiting another hour and i don't like the way they talk to that guy and you know what and he, he my dad just left and didn't tell anybody and i could have had a line in body heat dad so thanks dad oh. but anyway <laughs> then my sister got uh, accepted to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. So my dad, I was taken off school. I, did, I was going to go to hotel and restaurant business. I'm glad you guys are asking all these questions. It's just like me talking at this point. No, but, this is no. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, so you. that's how I got into it. And then, then my dad thought, well, I was, I was going to go to, I wanted to go to Cornell. I wanted to learn hotel and restaurant business because I've been in it since I was 14. And then um, I thought, I don't want to go to school right away. I would like to take a year and just go surf, travel. You know, and then decide where I want to go to college. Right. Plus, my grades probably aren't good enough for Cornell, so I don't know. I'll probably have to go to junior college. And then my sister gets accepted to American Academy of Dramatic Arts is in Pasadena. In, where is that? Pasadena yeah. at the time, but so now it's here in here. Hollywood. Yeah. So my dad goes, good idea. Why don't you drive, take a year off, go to college next year, drive your sister out to this acting school. I don't have to worry about her. Stay out there with her for a while, get her settled, surf, you know, check out California. I'm like, great idea. So right out of high school, I moved here. And then the school was like fame. All these pretty girls were there. Oh and I started God. thinking about Mr. T and the A-Team. <laughs> 
how I could have been in body heat, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go to this school. I want to go to this school. I want to do acting. Yeah. And the thing is, we're getting on a Friday. School starts on a Monday. So I go to the superintendent, the head of the school. I go, listen, my sister's Leanne Latan- Davis. Or now it's Latanzi. She got married. And uh, she's coming to school here. Yeah, she was accepted. She did the audition process. You have to audition to come here. And I go, well, I want to come here too. Yeah. Can I start Monday as well? She goes, uh, I don't think you understand. The audition process is over. You have to audition. I go, well, why can't I audition for you right now? I'm right. ready to audition. She goes, no, wow. it doesn't work like that. We have a whole process. Right. Yeah. I go, well, what's the big deal? Aren't you the head of the school? She goes, yeah. I go, well. I give, like this. Let me audition for you right now. And I'll come to school here Monday. What? I want to come to school here. She goes, oh, she starts laughing. <laughs> and she goes, okay, hold on a second. Take this monologue book. Go learn two monologues. Come back in three hours. And I'll let you audition with me. Wow. I go, great. So my sister helps me with it. I learned these two monologues. I've never done that before. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing, but I just memorized it. And then I did it with my sister in practice. So then I go into the office. It's the lady. She's sitting behind a desk. She goes, okay, now I want you to pull that chair out right there and do your monologue to that chair. And I look at the chair and I think, this is really stupid. <laughs> I go, why am I talking to a chair? And I start talking, that's weird, right? Like, honestly, ma'am, how about I do it to you? Like, you're, my sister helped me. I'll just look at you and you be the other person I'm talking to. No, that's not acting. I want you to act in the chair. <laughs> Pretend like somebody's what? in that chair and do your monologue to that chair. So I'm like, that's really strange, but I will. Yeah. I'd rather do it with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really right. weird that I can't look at you. You want me to look at a chair? Uh, like, so I start looking at this chair. chair. I don't remember one word of this monologue. Like, I remember like the first sentence, and then I'm like forgetting it. Because I keep ta- my head is telling me, this is so dumb. Why are you talking to a chair? No one's even in it. Yeah. And then I keep telling her, I'm complaining that I don't like talking to a chair i'd rather talk to you right it's more realistic right yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't talk to chairs in real life what am i schizophrenic right what right yeah that's this yeah. monologue's not like that i didn't plan it that way but she i just did it the chair i thought it sucked and i go well, i'm probably not going to get accepted i forgot the lines and and then she called me like an hour later and goes you're in you start monday what the wow damn yeah. hell i love that and that's then there amazing was two classes my sister was in one class which then when i got in i was in like these the the bad news bears class like this weird class of like people that I, I, I think they just accepted everybody because it was like five grand a year. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think, I think I got a little bamboozled. <laughs> then my sister got a boyfriend, moved in with him quickly and got married, had kids, and I needed a new roommate, so I put an ad out. And uh, the first roommate they set me up with through the school was Johnny Knoxville. Oh, I love it. I love it. Wow. Uh, so isn't that weird? My friends were similar to probably, he, he liked me. Like when he called me on the phone, he's like, hey, man, uh, just some, sound like some real, talk about hillbillies from Kentucky. <laughs> this yeah. one was from Tennessee, you know? Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, my name's, his name's PJ. PJ. And I've talked to a couple other people. The school put me in touch with like three, four people to talk to over the phone. I'm just interviewing them. Make sure that you're the right roommate. Uh, you seem like the coolest guy. Now, I was just talking to you. I got one more question because I think I'm going to pick you to be my roommate. <laughs> he goes, uh, just one last question before I make a decision. I go, yeah, what's that? He goes, are you gay? I go, no. He goes, neither am I. Woo, you'll be my roommate. Yeah, I'm coming. We're, you're my new roommate. Yeah. Guns I'm like, great, great. Yeah, I was like, I pictured some kid with no shoes and overalls and straw in his mouth. You know? Oh, my God. He's this good-looking guy shows sure, up. Right, you know? right, yeah. Well, I didn't know he was like, could have been a professional baseball player. I mean, this guy's an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very well read. People don't realize the guy was reading great books and always taking care of himself, eating nuts, 
You know, I'm, I'm eating in and out burger twice a day. This guy's and, eating And you guys are almonds. young kids at the time. <laughs> yeah, but he already had six-pack of abs. You know, this kid's good-looking. Yeah. yeah. A good-looking guy. You know, he's like the cool kid on the block just moved in, you know? And I still got in and out belly burger. <laughs> in and out burger belly. So were you interested in doing comedy at this point? Honestly, at that time, I never even knew. I think deep down in my soul, I knew I was going to be a comedian, but right. I didn't know at that time I was going to pursue stand-up. Yeah, I was you, still pursuing the acting thing, and and how did that go? Did you like stay? Did you like keep going with the school? You know, we 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 left the school because we we thought, you know, what, why are we out here in Pasadena? And then there was like rules you couldn't audition for anything, and we're like, oh yeah, well, we came out here to make it. Like, let's get the hell out of Pasadena. Like, this school should be in Hollywood, which it is now. Right. But back then, I'm like, Pasadena's so far. So we both decided to pick up and move, and we 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 got a place on Hollywood Boulevard, and we stayed there for about three years before we departed and went our, right. Our own ways in right, life right, right, right. but uh yeah and then i got into the bar and restaurant business and worked at the famous roxbury nightclub and that's cool met a lot of cool celebrities and people even before like they who? were celebrities were, well i started managing keanu reeves's band back then oh, oh my god cool. oh dog my star. god yeah i know yeah, i was dog the first star. manager of the band yeah that's a whole nother that's podcast amazing. Wow. That story. See what I mean? I said this before. This guy has a million stories. Right, really? I should write a book. You know, if there's any publishers out there, give me a call. Yeah, one book. I mean, there, uh, this is a million books. Yeah, you should have your own podcast too. You, you know, got so many great I know. stories. I was the very first podcaster. Now, really? I, mean, I obviously wasn't that good at it, or in I'd be general, rich right now. You started podcast. I did. Like, I think it was. I forget what year it was, but I got a call from some guy. I didn't even know what podcasting was. He had to explain. I'm like, "What's a podcast?" He was like a radio show, kind of. And it's, if you could look it up, it's called Handheld Comedy. I was thin and had a mustache at the time. Oh, I like and, that. And uh, <laughs> I had Dane Cook. I had Lisa Lampanelli, Alonzo Bowden, Godfrey, Brian Sclero, oh, wow. Brian. Wow. Cam- I had all these people on there. And and I th- it was before anybody was doing podcasts. I was like doing it before anybody. Wow! So I've already done that, and it didn't go well. I mean, if if I'm the first person to ever do podcasting, and I didn't make any money from it, then maybe I wasn't it wasn't that good, you know. But maybe I should do it again. You it should. Like you had really good guests. It sounds I did. Like it was going. You like should. That. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of cool people on there. Um, you could look it up. Handheld comedy. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. Is it on iTunes old. or? I don't know, but just look up Jay Davis handheld comedy. Okay. And there's a bunch of interviews with me and comedians, and uh, that's awesome. And that was way back. Was I mean, this while you were doing comedy or before? Yeah, I was already doing comedy mm-hmm. at that time and producing and booking and doing the Dublin show and the Laugh Factory back then. Oh, well, you wow. did a lot of uh, uh, like TV, or you did a few TV shows, right? And you were like doing. Was that all around this time? To, like. You were out there just auditioning, like yeah. I did commercials. I mean, Knoxville. I remember when he got his first Bud Light commercial. He did Bud Bud commercial, and and um, I remember like he had a daughter, so that really changed his outlook on things. And you know, I remember talking to him on the phone periodically, and he 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 goes, yeah, you know, I just had to take a writing job. You know, like I had to get some money. I got a daughter to raise, and right. he ended up getting a writing job for the skateboard magazine Big Brother. And then he came up with all these great ideas, and he met all these skaters because he would go interview them, and he came up with cool ideas to be a journalist. And one was, you know, you know, testing out like guns and 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 and, and bulletproof vests and all that stuff. And he had met Spike Jones, who was a young oh, wow. skateboard director back then, unbelievable, and had a lot of cool equipment. And and he goes, That's "I awesome. want to shoot those ideas. That'd be funny." And then that 
ended up getting to MTV, I guess, and became Jackass. Wow. Amazing. And then, you know, it's really funny stuff. Yeah, it's uh, hilarious. Uh, what got you into uh, stand-up? What was your, like, you kind of knew you were going to do it, but then you got into, like, what What was your... I'll tell you. Well, I was managing a bar for a guy by the name of Randy Gerber, who's uh, Cindy Crawford's husband. He just sold uh, that tequila with... He was partners with George Clooney. They, they oh, sold that wow. for a billion dollars. I should have oh stayed working God. for him. Yeah. Guy sold that to kill. Great guy. And uh, I was one did of the managers. Did you meet Cindy Crawford? I did. Yeah, I met her oh before. I met, I met Brad what? Pitt. and oh He's friends with Brad Pitt and George Clooney. And wow. I met all these people working for him. Dear so Lord. my job was, hey, take care of these celebrities and models and rock stars at the, at the whiskey bar, it was called, at the Sunset Marquee Hotel. Oh, wow. So I was working there. It was the hottest spot. Like, it was the best bar job any guy could dream of. I got to go to U2 backstage, and Aerosmith hung out with Aerosmith, and got backstage. So the perks with the job was you, you get to hang out with Metallica, and yeah. I became friends with my favorite band, Alice in Chains. Still to this day, I'm friends with Jerry Cantrell. Wow. And uh, I met all these killer, cool rock stars and models at this place, and you know, just became friends with a lot of these celebrities because my job was to get them free shit and get them a get them a table. So I'd move people and make them feel good, and it was fun. I get to hang out with them, yeah. sit with them, and have the waitress bring them drinks, and and so I became friends with a lot of these people, and uh, that was a cool job, and it was the best job. But I, I there's a lot of drinking and drugs around, and I don't like that stuff. And yeah, I realized, you never got yeah, I was like, I don't really want to be in the bar business. Like, I've taken this job as far as I can go. Um, I'm seeing all these successful entertainers in the entertainment world. I still want to be an entertainer. I'm not a musician, so that's not going to happen. And the acting career is just like sizzling out. I don't even. Who am I kidding? I don't have an agent. And I, I was depressed on a Sunday night there about this great job I have, which I shouldn't have been. But I just don't want to do this anymore. And. And I'd met a comedian named Med Ahmed about a year prior. And mm-hmm. to- he told me you should try comedy. And I go, yeah, it would be cool. I should do that. And then every time he'd see me, I'd run into him. He'd say, you should come do my comedy. We'd do like a bar comedy show. And then I-, I didn't even know the guy that well. But I just knew he knew comedians. And this one Sunday night, about a year after I'd last seen that guy, I had an epiphany. Like I saw a crowd of people. And. I felt like something said, you need to just start your own show. Almost like Field of Dreams, like build a stage. <laughs> yeah, if you build it, if they you will build come. it, they will come. It, yeah. it, it was like a Field of Dreams moment. And um, it, it was real. It was like God reached down. Yes, I do believe in God. It was like God <laughs> reached down and, and touched me. I felt it. It was like, like the Holy Spirit like just pushed me, like a lightning bolt just pushed me into the back of this couch. Mm-hmm. And said, "You need to just build a stage and start doing it, and and I'll guide you." I felt it, like I felt like it's like the feel like say God talked to you. It wasn't like I heard him, but it was like I felt him say. There's it's a, a weird or presence yeah. Yeah, yeah. in my mind, telepathically talking to me through my own right. mind. Right. Happened, and the yeah. second I had that epiphany, I knew I made a decision right there. I'm going to do stand up comedy. Wow! And I stood up. The second I stood up after that epiphany, who turns the corner? Vince Vaughn and Ahmed Ahmed. Wow. And the only person I knew that knew comedians was Ahmed Ahmed. And I went right up to him. I go, dude, you, I, I ignored Vince Vaughn, and he was already famous. I go, dude, we have to do a comedy show together. He goes, whoa, whoa, I don't want to do any more comedy shows. No, you're the only person I know that knows comedians. We have to start a comedy show. Wow. And he's like, what? I, I don't want to do it. It's too much to book. I'll book it. I'll book it. Just Get me the comedians. I'll host it. You you just do comedy. He's right. like, okay, calm down. Okay, okay. I was so passionate about it. Just like auditioning for the school. I go, we have to do it. Right, and right. So I talked him into it, and then we found this little room called Dublin's, and it became the rest is history. 
that that idea or that you getting into comedy uh that like magical moment i don't know if i've ever uh heard such a like the parting of the clouds it's like you're struck by lightning and and, you know there were nights at dublin's where it was just like it was like i'd put the work in but it was almost like yeah it was like it was like i was being guided there it was like i had help you know it was like a spiritual element that kind of just turned the light on and then i met dave Chappelle at the bar you know, wow. I was one of the celebrities that hung out at that bar, and I was still managing there. And I remember telling Chappelle, I go, you know, I really think about doing comedy, you know. And that that was like the week before I had the epiphany, I met Chappelle. Wow. So kind of Chappelle kind of inspired me for that so epiphany. Because Chappelle's like, I'm like, hey, how would I get into comedy? Because I was already 31 at the time. And he's like, hey, man, I tell you, <laughs> you just get a, you got to get on stage, man. That's just it. got to do it. You know, yeah. if you want to do comedy. Jay, get on stage, man. That's all I can tell you, man. Get on a stage. Yeah. And so that's when I thought, well, let's build it. Then I had the epiphany, and I thought, well, no one's going to put me on the stage. And in fact, I didn't want to wait in an open mic line because I felt like I know too many people. And then I had that epiphany, and then we built our own stage. And that's kind of how it happened. And then when I came back to the work, you know, I'd, I'd started on a Tuesday because that was my only night off. Turned out to be the best night to do comedy because all the headliners are in town on a Tuesday. So that turned out to work out to my advantage. Sure. That was another spiritual element of things that we got stuck with a Tuesday night, and then all these famous comedians were in town looking for stage time, and the clubs were a little slow on Tuesday, so Dublin's was the place. Wow. And uh, I came back to work, and the waitress like, hey, Dave Chappelle's looking for you. I told him you started comedy, and he waited around because he wants to talk to you about it. Oh He's God. outside having a cigarette. I go, no kidding. That's so cool. So I go out there and goes, hey, man. <laughs> I waited around for you to get to work because uh, Kathy over here told me you had started stand-up comedy, man. <laughs> he goes, man, that's impressive, Jay. He goes, listen, you know, I'm Dave Chappelle, so I'm a pretty famous comic, obviously. <laughs> I am Dave Chappelle. Did he say that? Yeah, I am Dave Chappelle. So a lot of people <laughs> ask me, Dave, how do I get into comedy? And I tell them, you just got to get on stage. You know, nobody ever does it. Nobody gets on stage. And I just found out not only you get on stage, you built your own stage. I go, yeah, I did. He goes, no kidding. That's impressive, Jay. Yes. What, when, yeah. when is your night? I go, Tuesday. He goes, I'm in town till Wednesday. Call all your friends. Tell them Dave Chappelle's doing 20. Ooh. Wow. And that put us and on the map right there. That's right amazing. There. Yeah. And uh, something interesting about Jay, it's, it seems like, uh, I'm just, and when I say Jay, I'm, I'm talking to the audience right now. Uh, you have uh, so many friends and so many people that support you and like that you've run across and, you, and it seems like when you're around you as a person it just seems like you're so loved and, you, and you're such a, a friendly person so you know I'm sure that's why Dave Chappelle stopped you because you have like a, an energy about you that a good like, energy you, yeah you, you, like people want to talk to you and want to be around you and uh, the and, law of attraction yeah you, thank you yeah, yeah it's it's pretty awesome I'll take it I'm still yeah. single you know, oh, but yeah. uh, nice. I, I lay in my bed at night and go, well, at least I have one fan. My ceiling fan is just. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are gay. Uh, what what, oppor- <laughs> what opportunities did uh, your Dublin show? Uh, did you have any opportunities that came from that, from doing that oh, show, yeah. like TV jobs or well, a lot voiceover? Of the, a lot of the, first what? of all, the whole industry started hanging out there. I met wow. Judy Brown back in the day, and uh, it was such a hot room. Judy Brown, who's like I believe one of the heads of uh, Levity Live uh, Entertainment, uh, great 
one of the best managers, great friend, and um, she used to come and hang out, and 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 they were really impressed with the room because it was packed. Celebrities would come hang out, and it was a, there was a lot of cool energy in that room, even though it was like a bar show in the upstairs. And she, we, she actually goes, uh, they were running Aspen Comedy Festival back then, and they had me do the auditions for them and promote it. Wow! And then oh, wow. Uh, I'd be like, well, I'll do it, but can I put a few comedians on the show that I pick? Right. And she said, yeah. So you know, I believe I put a guy named uh, I helped get Sebastian Maniscalco on there. Wow. Uh, Lonnie Love. I fought to get Lonnie Love on there. Wow. Because I met with Lonnie Love. We used to do the Ice House room together when when she was running it. Oh, Lonnie wow. Love. And I thought she was so funny. And I remember I fought to get Lonnie Love. So those are two of her biggest clients now. So Right. So the, awesome. that worked out for everybody. Thank you. Yeah. But no, but, uh, and I, I know that the, I'm so happy to see everybody's success there. But I'm sure there was other, she introduced me to Jason Rouse, who became a good friend of mine. She brought him in, met him at Canada. So I met a lot of, and, and brought in, a, also when the industry got involved in Dublin's, it made it more legit as well. So she would bring in real legit comedians that I didn't know, that Ahmed didn't even know. So like Zach Galifianakis started doing the show back then before That's he awesome. was famous. And Ken Jung and Alonzo oh, Bode wow. and Darren Carter. They all were there, and all these great comedians were coming through, and and I'm thankful to all the industry and and, and that Dublin's room to get to know them, and 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 it gained a respect factor because the room was so cool that I was treated well uh, amongst other comedians. People were nice to me, and and comedians can be mean, sure. But right. I was very yeah. fortunate that I was in a position of power with that show, and comedians always treated me very nice. To this day, I'm very thankful for my peers. Uh, treating me so nice appreciate it i'm getting sensitive but no i appreciate all you guys out there no you're the best yeah, yeah. you're the best yeah, yeah. i love comedy i love people that do it anybody that gets up on the stage should get a round of applause even if even if they're the worst comedian in show business give them a round of applause <laughs> for giving them a shot for going for it uh, yeah anybody right. yeah it's, it's well, not easy like you said uh not that many people or like dave Chappelle said to you not that many people get up uh, when they say they are, and if you do, that is uh, a respectful thing. And no matter how bad, yeah, you. yeah, exactly. Uh, kudos. What are you working on now? What are you doing now? You know, I'm here at the Laugh Factory. I partnered with Jamie and and been been helping book the club here, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this portion of my ride. And awesome. I'm still able to run my own shows here. I got every Wednesday and every Saturday. The shows have been epic. I mean, it's been really extraordinary. Uh, seeing the crowds that are coming out and the the, the high end uh, celebrity comics have been doing my shows. I'm very thankful for That's them. So the up and comers are doing my shows. I'm thankful for them. Um, I love all the support we've been getting and uh, doing that. And then you know just working on trying to produce some things too. So so there's some things in the work where you know just like you know if no one's going to put me in something. Maybe if I produce something i'll put myself in it you know down the road but but people yeah. are putting so, you in things because yeah. you, yeah. you have a horror film that you just got i that i'm excited to hear about yeah i'm in a horror movie c- coming out called the tarot which is fun i get to play um a crazy cult member so that's kind of fun is that the clip you showed me yeah yeah he's you so good so good you're an incredible actor oh, thanks dude. like that means you a lot. no seriously you're you if if you really keep going after it you could be an a-lister like you're really freaking good yeah jay showed us this clip and uh after jay left uh maddie my both maddie myself both said like 
that character reminds me of like a Dennis Hopper, like really yeah. like you're good, man. Well, it's I it's pretty it. awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I would love to work with both of you guys. Yeah, at some yeah point. for sure. It would be we fun to, to, to act to. with you guys. Let's do Honestly, it. Honestly, I'm a big fan of both of you guys, but uh, that'd be cool, man. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that coming out. It's cool because it's not a comedy. You know, it's kind of a creepy, fun character. He's very likable creep. Yeah, but you, know? you could tell you get into that. That's all. Like it's. A, I you love do, you, channeling things. Well, you know, you, uh, I don't know. I channel. I think about things a little bit. I prepare in a way where it's like, okay, who is this person? I think about it. I prepare, and then when the time for the scene, I forget everything and I just kind of channel. Yeah, you channel, go there. I channel yeah. like you do. I channel things and just let it kind of. And you were also trained to do it. And, yeah, yeah. And you also yeah. take a. Do you still take a class? Like you had an ongoing acting class. You were telling us about. Yeah, you know, I still try to pop in there. It's like a. It's like a. It's like an acting dojo class, you know. There's like some famous actors in there too, and it's fun. You go in, you do scenes, and it's just like getting on stage, you know. It's kind of keeping that muscle um, ready and to rock. So when you do get your chance, you got to be ready, right? Because you don't yeah. know. Windows don't open too often in this business, so when you it's get true. your opportunity, you better be ready, right? Yeah, and you got to knock it out of the park. So you know, just keep going. You know, my two rules to show business, and this is something I've lived by is uh, there's really two rules. Number one, have fun. If you're not having fun, don't do it. And number two, don't quit. Yeah. yeah just yeah. have fun and don't quit. Those are what, the best rules yeah, that's ever. That's it. That's it. <laughs> what other advice would you give to like stand-ups that are just starting out? I know you mentioned I'll Dave Chappelle. Okay, now that I'm on the other side, yeah. I've never, you know, I never dreamed I'd be in an office. So now I'm in an office <laughs> five days a week, and I have a whole new respect for managers and agents and bookers. And it's it's... It's not easy, you know, and, and I will say this. There's so many great comedians, and you can never take it personal when you're told no. Never. Just, just like I said, the number one rule is have fun and keep working hard and never quit. And don't worry about the no's because you just keep working hard. You'll get your respect. And the key is to have a good attitude about it every time. Just be loving. Have a good attitude about it. Let them know that you're going to come back. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Keep me in mind. And, and, you know, the squeaky wheel does get the grease. But uh, always keep a good attitude. Don't take things personal. Take a deep breath when you're angry. Don't get bitter with other people's success. Don't worry about other people. Take care of yourself. Work hard. And just keep having fun. Don't let anger get in the way of your fun. Anything gets in the way of your fun, you're doing something wrong. Right. That's just my right, personal right. opinion. True, yeah. And respect those in the business. Everybody's yeah. had to work hard to get to the position they're in, so always respect those around. Yeah. I think, no matter what. I don't know well, if that's, that's good advice or no, not. It's no, it's great. It's, it's great advice. advice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Jay, thank you so much for coming in. We're obviously... Yeah gonna have you in with more you said you got a whole podcast about got your most, dad. more stories oh, yeah. <laughs> we got a we'll million stories uh you know you could see jay every you said wednesday wednesdays and saturdays the 7 30 show on saturday 7 45 show every wednesday laugh factory it's it's where it's at man it's and, a lot of fun and your movies do you know when the movie's coming out or is it already out they're still making it you know yeah. it was a low budget film so they're raising some more money to finish it and then i'm gonna have a bunch more scenes which is exciting awesome. i would love to, if you guys want to be in i'll get you in there and hey, yeah um, yeah tell uh, yeah. yeah a lot of a lot of comedians are in that movie so awesome. that'd be cool and then that's about it really and right, how man. should people follow you? Uh, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, just uh, J Davis Comedy, J A Y D A V I S C O M E D Y, J Davis Comedy. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us yeah. today. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful day. I love you guys. Yeah. Thanks for love having you me. You're the Thanks, best. Keep man. up the hard work. All right, we will. Bye. Later. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for News, News, News with Greg Buckman. And here he is, in the flesh, uh, Greg Buckman. Well, I'm Greg Buckman, and here's the news. Wow. Uh, a lot of talk about poo today on this show, so we're going to start right away. Actually, a plane flying over a woman with her son. They had their sunroof open. Liquid poo rained all over them. They thought it was warm mud at first, but then when they smelt it and everything, they realized they were covered in poo, the whole car. I would say whoever smelt it dealt it. Wow, but it came from the airplane above. They've, they've proved it. Oh. They thought it was warm mud all over them, but it turned out it wow. was poo. News, news, news. Wow. Oh. News, news with Greg. Greg. News, news, news. News, news with Greg. Greg. Wow, in uh, Texas, they're planting trees in big potholes to protest against the poor road conditions. Someone is stealing the trees. Wow. Uh, so just so you guys know, uh, Erling is sitting in for Anthony because he is in the bathroom. Apparently he, had, he has an issue in <laughs> going to the bathroom. Uh, so I guess it's okay that you're here, Erling. Yeah, Thank he you told for, me I could yeah. do it for him. Okay. Uh, okay, what else we got, Greg? Well, but the the tree. Okay, well the trees are holding up traffic and news, okay. news, wow. news, news, news with Greg. Greg. News, 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 news with Greg. Greg. Well, in other news, a 19-year-old girl at a country western concert got her head stuck in a tailpipe. Whoa! How, how does that happen? Well, well, uh, I guess she wanted to see if her head could fit, and uh, it fit, but then she couldn't get it out. News, news, news. News, news with Greg. Greg. News, <laughs> news, 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 news with Greg. Greg. Wow, that's a news. Wow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, listening to the show. Um, Anthony sends his uh, his well, I don't know praise or you know luck or whatever. Regrets right? as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and have a great uh, a great day or evening or morning or um, right, Erling. Yeah. Just good day. Good Any, day. Anytime.